Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atari as an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. And today we are talking about the single most important book that has changed the direction of our relationship <laughs> forever. It's called How We Love. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I feel like this book personally has been really helpful. I feel like if we had read this for premarital, man, it could have saved us so mm -hmm. much heartache in our first couple of years of marriage. Yeah. Trying to figure out why we have kind of recurring conflicts. So, yeah. 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 It definitely felt like somebody had an inside look at our everyday conflicts. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. I think in this conversation, we unpack one of the very many facets and or aspects of some of the ways that explains how and why we relate to each other the way we do. Yeah. And so, we tried several times trying to have this conversation. <laughs> I think we finally got to a good start. And I think we'll keep coming back to it. I, I want to keep talking about this. Yeah. But here's probably our first installment first, yeah. of our conversation on the book How We Love by Mylan and Kay Yurkovich. So here it is. Hope you enjoy. All right. So this one's a little bit tough because this is basically our third time trying to talk about this. Yeah. And I think we've tried to approach it where we talk about so many things about it. Mm -hmm. Basically, I think the context of it is that we try to cap this off with our series and relationship mm -hmm. and it just ended up being way too long. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a deep topic. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot to cover. And so we're going to try this a, a fourth time <laughs> and really the backdrop of what we want to try and unpack is basically that there's a book that is really the, the structure behind all of what we want to unpack. Yeah. And it's this concept around love styles and that let me know if I'm not explaining this correctly because you're the person that knows more about this than I do. But basically, we know about the five love languages and how we express mm -hmm. love or receive love. But this is a little bit more of a slightly different skew yeah, with five love languages. It's kind of like... Um the way you see love, like your framework for love. So I think so your a, love view. Yeah, I think it's a little bit deeper yeah. than just you know how you give or receive it. So. so the book is called How We Love, and you stumbled upon it through some other podcast you were listening to. Mm -hmm. And basically, as you were unpacking it, it helped you learn about yourself. Yeah. It helped you learn about me. There's assessments you can take. Yep. And I almost didn't even need to take the assessment because it was like I scored 100% one love style. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said you were a little bit of Split two different styles. Two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's helpful to just talk about what the love styles are. Yep. And then we want to get into actually unpacking one of the love styles. And I think we, you know, what was interesting with, what, what do you think was the hook? The that, aha thing? Yeah. What was yeah. the aha moment when we... When you yeah. picked up this book and read through it, that it was like, oh, wow, this is, I didn't know that this was happening. Yeah. So what I liked about the format of the book, and the book is called, I think you mentioned, How We Love by Mylin and yeah. Kay Yurkovich. Yep. I think is how you say their names. Um, and what I like about how they set the book up is that they go through each style and then they, and there are five styles that they outline. 
and then they pair the styles together. And when you read this section that has the pairing, it starts with your, I don't want to say fight cycle, but the conflict cycle Mm -hmm. of those two pairings together. And I feel like that was what really solidified things for us of like, wow, this is eerily spot on. Like this is exactly every conflict that I could think of and trace, you know, back Back to to what was the start of that conflict. It was exactly what they outlined in that cycle. Yeah. So basically our styles, they lay out a playbook for how it breaks down in conflict. Yeah. And we basically backfilled all of the conflicts we've had. And was like, wow, that makes so much sense. I finally had language to put to what we experience as conflict yeah. in our relationship where before it was just, it's really easy to look at the other person and be like, you, you should probably just change, you yeah. know? Um, and obviously like, I know there are things that I need to change about myself, but there were things that you did that were hurtful to me and vice versa, you know? Yeah. And so to actually break down where are each of us coming from and it was kind of like the manual (laughs) that like right you know for our relationship and like how yeah our love styles pair together and so for me that was i feel like probably saved us i don't know well it's also sessions or you know it was so helpful it also moves you away from i don't know if you think like this but like in conflicts, you're either 100% the reason there is a conflict or you're 100% the victim of the conflict. Mm-hmm. And that like in our arguing, it's like, oh, it's totally your fault. Mm-hmm. Or it's like totally my fault. Mm-hmm. Or like, no, it can't be my fault because you did this thing before it was my fault mm-hmm. that made it your fault. Yeah, And this thing kind of elevated it to a different level where both of you are bringing a sense of brokenness to yeah. the table. Yeah, And because of that and because of how your predisposition is this is how it plays out and it's step by step exactly yeah this is what breaks the relationship yeah and the onus was on each it puts the onus on each style which i for me that was incredibly insightful what are the love styles you said there were five or the avoider five the avoider the pleaser the vacillator the controller and the victim Mm -hmm. and so today we're going to unpack the vacillator a little bit yeah which you had said that the pleaser and the vacillator are like pretty much cousins yeah because what's what's the differentiator between the two so the way that the book describes how you get a style or form a style is they use the word imprint so just for the sake of Mm -hmm. cohesiveness i'll just say that but it's basically like how this style develops in you and so both styles were imprinted because you know i guess it comes down to like how were you comforted as a child yeah and how were your needs met as a child needs being more yeah emotional or you know is that would you agree with that yeah needs probably even more basic than like that to the extent that I think of that research study mm. that this whole thing is based off of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in where they conducted studies and categorized how children responded when it's like this, it's this like actual measurable 
research study they conducted across different mm-hmm. cultures, ages, and and like backgrounds. And they would bring the mom and the child in a room with a stranger. The mom leaves. Yeah. And then they observe how the child responds to the stranger or to its surroundings. And then the mom returns or the caretaker returns and they observe how the child responds to the, to return. the yeah. return. And so they saw or categorized the reactions to four broad based categories. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the imprint is based off of like, how would you respond how did you, I don't know. It's like, I think that they call their magic question. How did you receive comfort as a child? Exactly. And so in the instance of the pleaser or the vacillator, both had maybe needs met some of the time, but not all of the time. Yeah. And the pleaser learns to, when there's the disappointed need or the unmet need, I'll do harder. I'll try, I'll try harder. I'll do more. Yep. Um, the vacillator gets angry. Yeah. And so so I think anger is a big difference between the two. You, They mentioned in the book that that's the easiest question to ask to determine if you're a pleaser or a vacillator. Well, do you get angry? And if the answer is yes, then you're, you're a, vacillator, a vacillator, not a pleaser. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's this cycle that a vacillator goes through, you know, of, of protesting and then despairing and detaching. So... They're similar upbringings, maybe, mm-hmm. but they responded differently. One learned to try harder. One kind of learned to distrust the next initiation of connection or comfort yeah. or things like that. Okay. I think that broadly be a fair shake as of what it, how it broadly describes what a vacillator love style is. Yeah. I think of vacillators as Sour Patch Kids. They're sweet and sour. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're sweet. Sometimes they're sour. Mm-hmm. And so there's this kind of flip-flop. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's just generally how I would describe them. Yeah, like, and so that extends to how they relate to other people. Mm-hmm. They're sometimes they're flip, and the other time they're flop. Yeah, and I wonder if vacillator relationships end up end up being inadvertently once some sets of friends you only see the flip side, hmm. and then other people know you in As your fullness. Flop. Oh yeah, in your fullness. Like yeah, I don't know. That'd be an interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, that I don't feel like I would have resonated as much with the vacillator style until I had children, actually. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of my friendships, especially, I operate more as a pleaser. And so I I, I would guess, I, I think... I scored relatively close to both of those. Yeah. Um, and I feel like early on in our marriage, I was probably more of a pleaser. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this whole other side just kind of yeah. <laughs> came out. And I feel like I say that and that sounds horrible. It's not that my children did this to me by any means, but it's it's much more that some of the interactions of motherhood yeah. are reminiscent of things from my upbringing that kind of trigger that vacillating way in me. So what are some like tendencies or behaviors that are like common vacillator style where you're like, yeah. Oh, you see this and it's like, Oh, there's the vacillator vacillating. Yeah. So the vacillator, I mean, I feel like it's so hard to talk about this because it sounds so <laughs> awful. It's, it's hard to talk about and admit this about myself Yeah, that this is the way that my like, that love is broken for me, you know, in the sense that like my view of it, this is how it broke for me. Mm-hmm. And 
So I think a lot of what has shaped me to be this way was circumstantially. And so, you know, my parents split and I feel like it's easier for me to talk about my dad. (laughs) Um, just because I don't know, I feel like it sounds awful, but because he's, you know, maybe not here to defend himself. But <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. But I, so in, I, I, I think something that would probably help maybe somebody understand what would cause this imprint on someone. Yeah. I, my parents separated when I was very young, three. And so there was, you know, I saw my dad sometimes when all the times and now through the eyes of a, looking at him through the eyes of a parent because I am being a, parent, a mom. Yeah. yeah. I see that he did his best. Like he was there for me when he could be there for me. You know, right. it's just that now he was split between me and his other family. And, yeah. and so there were just dynamics that I could not understand, but very much internalized as a child, which mm-hmm. complicated mm-hmm. the way that I see love, you know? And so I say that to say it wasn't necessarily his what he specifically did as much as how I was interpreting that whole situation. Did you, cause you said you didn't really see or relate to vacillating or the vacillator lifestyle until later, until you're a mom. Did you, do you remember moments as a kid where you felt like you exerted or exhibited vacillating tendencies? Yeah. So the vacillator, like I said, has, you know, there, the needs are met sometimes, but not all the time. And so there's a confusion that it causes in the child of, I can't rely yeah. on people yeah. to meet my needs consistently because it's inconsistent. Like yeah. Sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. And, you know, there were other things circumstantially, I think that, you know, and my parents weren't perfect either, you yeah. know, and so, and it's really hard to talk about this. So the vacillator has this intense desire for connection. Mm-hmm. and almost idealizes it, mm-hmm. but then is deeply disappointed when people... It dis- doesn't carry out the way they expect yeah. it to. Yeah. And there's all, also a distrust because I can't rely on you to be there for me like I need you to be because of my past. Yeah. That wasn't how I experienced yeah. life and relationships, you know? And so it, I would say I am... I, 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 before reading this book, I would not have said I was a very distrustful person, but I am a very distrustful person when it comes to love. Yeah. And the book says um, something to the, I'm going to butcher like every time I try to quote the book, but something to the nature of a vacillator is always fearful when things are going well. Because the next disappointment is just right around the corner. Yeah. Disappointment and rejection is right around the corner. Yeah. And so I would say that's so characteristic of how I see our relationship love is that it's almost this like too good to be true. So I have to like search for the scan for threats. Yeah. I'm constantly scanning for threats to Mm. this like connection that I so deeply desire. And at the idea of a threat, Mm -hmm. that's when you start to see the vacillation of what creates this push and pull in relationships where. Yeah. I want you to, I run away, but I want you to come chase after me. It's, you know, when, when I think about it more abstractly and not like you and me, that the idealization yeah. of a relationship yeah. is actually an amplified sense of disappointment that yeah. ha- that they've experienced before. Yeah. And that, you know, what should be quote unquote normal is that a child has a desire 
or a need that needs to be met and it gets met. Yeah. Whereas because of family circumstance or whatever, this, you can't like that child can't have that expectation anymore because they don't know whether or not it's going to be met. And so if they're hopeful to have that type of secure relationship, Mm -hmm. you end up, you know, idealize like setting like a vacillator is probably accused of being idealistic, too idealistic, idealistic and probably intense connection at the onset of relationships. Yeah. Like the, you know, right. And I would say that's true. It's hard. Again, it's hard for me to admit these things about myself because I look back and I'm like, I don't feel like that. But then I'm like, I bet people would probably say that about me. Like I'm probably intense. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, with the vacillating, there's this push and pull Mm -hmm. of when I do feel like that need isn't met. So let's kind of move now into like our relationship. What if I feel like you've not met that need for me or I feel like there's a threat to our connection I go into this vacillating where it's it's the cycle they describe is protest it's first protest yeah and then despair yeah which can also look like devaluing sometimes I would say devaluing yourself or the other person I whatever the threat is I think I see and then detachment and so that's the kind of running away i want you to come chase me now type of attitude and so yeah i i would say that's that's pretty how now that you know not that you didn't but like now that it's like you can succinctly describe here's a tendency that i have yeah how have you consciously tried to like work backwards yeah so that when you find yourself starting to go into that there's like a check or, you know, what are some of the ways that a vacillator can maybe just consciously push back on this tendency that arguably is not ideal, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, being on the receiving end of it, it's, yeah. it can be confusing. Yeah. It's like a full spectrum of emotions. Mm-hmm. And, and then also just the, the desired outcome is unclear because it's like you push, you pull, you pull away, you want to be pursued. And so what are some ways you've found helpful or some things that you found helpful in trying to not let yourself get to a place where you're like going through the vacillator steps? Yeah. Yeah. So I think what's tough is that I distrust connection. That's how, that's how it's all, that's what it's. But you desire it. I deeply desire it, but I distrust connection because disappointment and rejection are right around the corner. So, and so, so for me, I think the first thing that I've had to do in our marriage is to recognize that I left to my own vices yeah. will spend my lifetime married to you being so fearful of losing what I have with you that I'll never actually enjoy being married to you. And like, this is really hard. This is going to like deep places for me. <laughs> These are like my core fears here i'm like literally laying my heart on the table i so i have to when i have that connection yeah i start to get very distrusting like angsty inside of like i can't trust that this is real because i know what's coming you know it's kind of the, the the doomsday yeah starts to like come out and i start to like almost sabotage 
like self-sabotage things. And I don't mean, not intentionally by any means, but like, I'm so afraid of being rejected that I start to get very angsty, which starts to kind of rile my anger a little bit. And really- Is that so that you feel like you at least played some role in causing the downfall of or the crumbling of the relationship to happen? For me, it's not a- re- retaliatory thing for me it's a um i i think the vacillator has this deep fear of the reason why i can't get connection is because i'm not worthy of it Mm -hmm. and so i think to avoid having to sit in that thought um the vacillator will almost like pick fights it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy it is it is and that's the like crazy part of it you know but I think anger feels like a more like I'm more in control of the situation right. than having to sit in the sadness of coming to terms with the fact that like maybe you actually don't are rejecting yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a, do you just find yourself in that cycle and like you just have to go through it? I think the first thing is I think the big thing, a big thing for me, again, I'm not like, you know, speaking for all vacillators in the <laughs> world, but the CEO of vacillators, yeah. I think the big thing for me is being able to, man, what's the phrase that you say, attaching the right weight to the threat What's the yeah. phrase that you say, I don't know. Is it eminent? Is it, is it real? Is it possible, possible or is it po- probable? Probable. Yeah. yeah. So I have to ask myself that. Yeah. Because the way that this can manifest is like so, I mean, it can literally be anything. Yeah. It's just like I'm constantly scanning for threats. Something as simple as... Yeah, is as, it real or is it imminent? Yes. So yeah. an example is we took a trip as a family. We went to a children's museum while we were oh, there. Oh, yeah. And I'm scanning around like, ooh, who are the threats here? You know, that's just like yeah. without even realizing it, I just go into this mode of like when I'm starting to feel like things are good, like really good between us, I get angsty that like, Mm -hmm. all right, the rug's just going to be pulled out underneath me. I should just start preparing for Mm -hmm. collateral damage here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, the first girl I see who's coming in with some tight booty pants. I'm like, Oh, that's it. Here it is. And I start, I write this whole narrative in my head. And so I think another thing that's characteristic, like I'm in the corner playing with our kids. Yeah. Like I got this whole movie playing. (laughs) (laughs) They're calling her mom. And it's just like, what's happening here? Yeah. No, but I, another thing that's (laughs) (laughs) that's characteristic of a vacillator is the preoccupation. Yeah. in their head they're constantly yeah. preoccupied with their thoughts and forward and projecting forward projecting i think also just like wondering what people are thinking about them so there's this yeah. constant like check of yeah. like maybe not like a pulse check that's a little bit more of a pleaser tendency yeah. but a narrative that's right. constantly going in my head of like where am i yeah with the people who are closest to me so so this is where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah. How, you know, this is kind of different now that we're parents. Yeah. And we definitely see tendencies in our, in our own children. Yeah. And so without, <laughs> it's, I think what I wanted to ask you was like, how do you coach your child? Yeah. 
or your friend or somebody else who you know is a vacillator through the way that they're you know relating to others Mm -hmm. in in its natural tendency and helping them like get better like in in not staying stuck in some of these push-pull vacillating tendencies but like moving towards a step with i don't even really know what like what are you trying to move towards is like a secure attachment or a secure relationship yeah i think or a secure love style i don't even know what like what's the ideal but how do you as a mom or as a friend help teach somebody Mm -hmm. who has a vacillating tendency yeah to like maybe work on some of the things that are very typical of their attachment style yeah what's hard is that i'm already starting to see the effects of my style on evie yeah like on our children you know and they're so young yeah and that's really it's a really hard pill to swallow because I think when you start out as a parent, you're like, I'm, I don't want to wreck my child, you yeah. know? <laughs> and you think that you can just, I don't know, somehow keep them from all Everything your mess. Everything that was done wrong to me, I won't do again. Yeah, not even that, but just like yeah. the stuff that I'm dealing with, I will never drag my child through that, you know? Mm. And inevitably, like your, my sinfulness comes through in my motherhood. Like I can't. Yeah. You know, does it have power? Can't separate those things. Yeah, I can't. Like, does it have power over me? No. You know, can I over overcome that? And can I grow in, you know, my ability to own it? Like, call it out and be like, yeah. this is like, that, like, repent of it, you know? Yes. But do I still give into it? Yes. Yeah. Does my child, is my child affected by that? Yes. 100%. And so that's the hard part is yeah. I'm already starting to see how this happens. You know, where it's like it affects your child and you're like, gosh, I don't I don't want to be the reason why Evie's sitting in a counseling office when she's 20 something years old being like my mom X, Y, Z. You know, it's just like (laughs) my mom was a vacillator. And it's like, man, it's so hard. It's so hard. So I think some of the things that I have to be aware of is when I'm super preoccupied in my head, I'm doing the same thing to her. And wow. I'm meeting the needs sometimes that I'm not other times because wow. I'm so preoccupied, wow. you know? Yeah. And so I have to be aware of that. Yeah. That like you're literally doing the thing <laughs> that you are most afraid of, you know? Yeah. And so wow. be aware of these like little ways that it happens. And so when I'm preoccupied and she's trying to get my attention and I'm just like yep. all up in my head about something, you know? I need to be aware that I'm like doing the same thing to her. I'm not meeting her needs. I'm not I'm not giving her attention. I'm not giving her time. But then I all feel guilty about that and flip up on the other side. And now she's right. learning to be distrustful of that. That like it's more about me feeling guilty for not giving it to her in the previous moment. And that's why I'm giving it to her in the next moment. Wow. And not because I actually love her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that's the thing with a vacillator is that, you know, when it came, it, sometimes it was sometimes maybe out of guilt of the moments that it wasn't given, you know, and I did feel that some, I'll speak about my relationship with my dad. You know, I do feel like there were times where maybe he felt guilty because he wasn't able to be at some big event or mind this or that. And then he tried to buy my love, you know, take me out and buy me these things and da, 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 da. And it's like, not that I didn't appreciate that, but I felt like he was more doing it to satisfy the guilt he felt than actually because Because of of his love for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and my dad was incredible. I love my dad, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's just some of the ways that it can play out, 
you know, and I can inadvertently do the same thing with Evie, even in small ways. And so I have to be, and Judah too. It's just that I'm already seeing some of the effects of it on Evie because she's a little bit older, you know? Yeah. So that's the first thing is preoccupation is a huge one. I think the other thing is I need to be aware of when I'm going into the mode of detaching and retreating Mm -hmm. because I I feel threatened and I need to what the book says is uncover the sadness underneath your anger so instead of going into you know an anger looks different for everybody sometimes it's not like you know crazy sometimes it's just irritability or you know it can be more extreme but it's it's not always you know Mm -hmm. wild and crazy and so being aware of that when my anger is Mm -hmm. starting to come out in ways and even when I'm going into that mode of I'm complaining about something and I'm not providing a solution. You know, I'm, I'm speaking to the thing that was disappointed because that yeah. really trips me up. Right. Like the disapp- I get hung up on the disappointment. I have a hard time just like moving past that. Yeah. And I think the other thing is really learning how to find security in the fact that for me, I'm, I'm really just learning how to uh, rest in the fact that or maybe in the truth that I believe that everything I have in this life is a gift from the Lord. And so, you know, in my marriage with you mm-hmm. in my relationship with my children, I am most fearful of losing the cl- relationships I'm closest to, you know? And so I have to be aware of that, that that's where yeah. the brokenness is going to come out. Unfortunately, like the hardest, you know, and that's really painful for me to admit because you guys are like, not that I want to do that with anybody, but like the, you're the least people I want to do that with. And I do it the most with you guys, you know? And so I have to be aware of that and learn to just rest in the goodness of the relationship that I have with you guys and not constantly be like, Oh, this is making me feel angsty because it's, it just feels like it's too good to be true, you know? And recognize that that comes from a feeling of not being worthy and, you know, what is my identity in Christ and resting in that, you know, and not placing so much weight on people to give me that worth, but understanding who I am in Christ, you know, really helps, I think, alleviate some of the pressure mm-hmm. that maybe I can place of like relationally shouldn't come from my worth shouldn't, yeah, come from other relationships. What would you say? are like if you had to describe what being with a vacillator is like to somebody else and maybe a few things that have been helpful to you along the way yeah i think um it's a roller coaster ride i think we've (laughs) talked about this a lot and also i think in some ways and this this is probably more through the lens of my love style Mm, if it was a research setting i would probably look at it differently but because you're my wife Mm -hmm. and i have my love style Mm mm-hmm it probably seems way more amplified for me. Yeah. By going through, which is by going through the various push and pull cycles, which is why it feels like a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. But I think we talked about a lot of yours and I think we should take some time to unpack like my love style too as a as an yeah. avoider. Yeah. But I think the feeling of like, we don't really know where this is going or what the f- outcome is, mm-hmm. is sometimes what it feels like to go through like that protest because the ideal was not met mm-hmm. and then to push somebody away and then want to be pursued. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. And especially so, I feel like to somebody who ha- isn't a fighter. Yeah. Especially <laughs> to somebody who doesn't 
know what being angry or sad means. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and then on top of that, I think like some of the things that I've seen be helpful for you even Mm -hmm. as a vacillator is that when you have things that you can set up or you can follow through on them, it helps avoid the amplification of disappointment. And maybe that's like a really weird way of saying like you doing things with your friends Mm. and being able to like do it. Like you've done that over the last several days Mm -hmm. has really helped tame some of the, what, what feels like looming disappointments coming around the corner. Mm. And the reason I feel like that's something that helps the vacillation is that you have an expectation and you're able to meet it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not disappointing. It's like you wanted to do something, you were able to do it. Yeah. Or like when you choose to have pockets of time where you can choose to do whatever you want and then you actually like knock out whatever you had. I've seen that really help you mm-hmm. as well. And just like, you know, not feel like these things are kind of out of con- your control yeah. because you were able to accomplish some of the things that you set out to do. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.